Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. Your baseball is maybe sort of coming back home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast for Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites. And you can find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. My name is Sarah Sanchez. I write about baseball and sometimes other ancillary connected things to baseball now that we kind of have baseball back for Bleed Cubby Blue. Good morning, people. Well, you don't know it's morning, but hello, people. <laughs> this is Andy Cruz Vanasek here. And I also want to say <clears throat> happy birthday to one of my favorite Cubs ever, Andre Dawson. Today, I don't know if you guys will listen to this on his birthday, but today, Friday, is his birthday. Uh, yeah, I have the best memory with him. I was just thinking about this this morning. I have a very, very old computer that I think these pictures are hidden on somewhere. When my daughters were very, very young, the All-Star Game was here in St. Louis, and we went and stood in line for way too long for a Chicago Cub in St. Louis, and I got to talk to him and hug him and have his autograph and pictures with him. Yes, he was holding my my middle daughter. He was holding my daughter, Addison, and I have those pictures somewhere. I need to go find them, but yes, that's my Andre Dawson memory. I love that man. Happy birthday to you, Andre. Aw, that's sweet. Yeah, he's one of my all-time favorite Cubs. Just a really great guy all around and was part of those late 80s, early 90s teams that I grew up watching. So happy birthday, Hawk. Can you, like, I can close my eyes and visualize his swing. Can you do that? He's he's one of the, I mean, one of maybe, like, 10 players that I can do that for. Like, I can close my eyes and just remember exactly what it looks like to see him hit a home run. Like, that is awesome such an awesome thing for somebody that you know is is is, I, is he back with the cubs now i thought he was back he with is. the cubs yeah so okay, after all say. of that all of the shenanigans with Derek Jeter and the Marlins and they wanted him and Tony Pena to like take cuts and pay and like all this it was nonsense it was just nonsense and trash so anyway he quit with he quit the Marlins job and then the cubs brought him in as a special assistant i think he was there last year too it was Really nice having him back in the fold. I was going to say, I am so happy. He is one that I just, I remember thinking all the time, he needs to be back with the Cubs. He needs to be back in the Cubs organization. So yes, that makes me happy. I thought he was back. I, I <laughs> That makes me so happy. Yeah, totally. Um, speaking of back, the players came back to Wrigley Field a little over a week ago. So there's actual baseball news and we have all of it here for you. So let's just jump right into it. I guess the biggest piece of news that I want to start out with are the delays in COVID-19 testing that occurred over the 4th of July weekend and the super haphazard way that different teams dealt with this, which has me so nervous because I just feel like this this is where the season is going to come off off the rails. If you don't have a strong testing regime, so you can't tell who, who is sick when, and then other players get sick and you get an outbreak, you can't have a season. So you got to get the testing component right. And I, I'm sorry, the holiday weekend was a disaster on this front. We heard over the weekend that the athletics canceled a practice because of delays in texting. Then they delayed their next day practice. The Nationals did the same thing. The Astros did the same thing. The Cardinals canceled the practice. It looked like they might have to cancel two practices, but then their second one was just delayed until the evening. The Cubs had a delay in a practice uh, and pushed a sim game from the morning to the evening 
because of delays. And then my two, my two favorites, and we'll talk about them each on their own, because I just think this is wild. The Angels didn't get their test back and just decided to make practice optional, which I <laughs> think that's how this works. Like, if you don't have the testing information, you can't just be like, well, play if you feel like it. And the Yankees didn't have the testers show up. So they were like, whatever, we'll just spit in some cups and they can test it later. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is a lot. Like, th- this is not going to work if you folks can't get the very elementary parts of this right. Like, it- it's just, it was laid out how this needs to be done. This is not like we're trying to be mean, you know, like, I'm being I'm being a horrible person by making you take these tests. This is actually something that the players insisted on, which they should have for their safety and and their family safety to make sure that this thing doesn't go rampant among these teams. And if you can't get that part right, (laughs) like you might you might as well just go ahead and call it a day and just be done with it, because that it's it's not it's not going anywhere good from here. Like you you have to know oh gosh i just i'm just picturing the the new york yankees spitting in cups right now and then walking out in the field like really Uh, (laughs) when i read that tweet from ken rosenthal i was like wait i'm (laughs) this is not because because the tweet he had said a few hours earlier was like yeah the yankees testers didn't show up so they just did it themselves and a bunch of people were like what do you mean they did it themselves (laughs) Oh, clarified. God. I just about fell over. But ser- but seriously, like when you look, when you have a large scale operation, things will go wrong. So I don't want to say that like the testing regime has to be perfect because obviously there will be hiccups. But two parts of this really bother me. One is that you kind of have to be as close to perfect on this one as possible if you want there to be baseball. This is sort of like the mask thing, right? It's like you got to do it. And you got to do it all the time and you don't get to take a break and you have to be good at it because if you're not good at it, the one time you're not good at, at it could be the time you get sick. So you have to be diligent about it. So this is the part of the whole process. Like, while well, we spent all that time, like a hundred plus days back and forth on salaries and stuff. The testing component always had to be right. But the second part of this that really like, Yes, there are delays on holiday weekends, but you also know they're coming. So it seems like that should have been communicated in advance somehow. The fact that teams showed up and didn't have tests or didn't have results. I mean, the the, part, the poor Cardinals, and like, you will never hear me be all that sympathetic to the Cardinals, but they just didn't even know what was going on. By day two, when their tests were, when their practice was delayed again because of tests, there was a Cardinals beat writer out there who was like, talking to the players, they have no idea what's going on or when they're going to practice. (laughs) Like, I just, I can't even imagine this was, this was very, very early on something that was put out there. Like they have to have mandatory tests for these players in order to hold group activities or group practices, whatever else you can't just say, Oh, well, our testers not coming. So you can practice if you want to, like, you can't, (laughs) you can't do that. Like that, this is completely defeating the whole purpose of having these tests. Like, I just, you have to, you have to be consistent in this situation, especially with this part of it. And it's so important on so many different levels to maintain that. And and when you aren't doing that, I mean, it just makes me, you know, like I've said, I'm, 
cautiously, realistically optimistic. Yeah, that's starting to go away a little bit because the the whole precipice for the season happening is the testing. I mean, that's the step one, right? And if that's not happening and not happening to the level that it needs to, to protect everyone that insists on being protected, I mean, where do we go from here? Like, what what, what, happen, what goes wrong next? You know, it, it just, I don't know. I get it. Like you said, it, this is a very large scale operation that for sure there's going to be kinks in, in what goes on. But this seems like something that you absolutely need to do and get it right. And there can't be like optional things after that. It, this is not, this is a mandatory, you know, if we don't test, we don't practice type situation. It just, you know, you can't take it back. Once you have a practice, if you've not been tested and you are, in fact, positive, you can't take back the fact that you are contaminating, you know, that you're spreading this among your teammates. Like, I don't know. It just seems so, so easy to get right as far as if you're not testing, you don't practice. Like, it just seems that that easy to me. Yeah, I mean. So Mike Rizzo, who is the general manager for the Washington Nationals, I mean, just lit into uh, MLB and Rob Manfred over this. And the the thing that really jumped out at me, you know, he and, and I thought Mike Rizzo was right. He, he was just like, we can't have a season if we can't have tests. This has to be taken care of. We knew the 4th of July was coming. There should have been contingency plans. Like, duh. The part of this that kind of blew my mind was Rob Manfred calling Mike Rizzo insubordinate (laughs) for having very legitimate concerns that MLB's process here just didn't work. And for starters, it's not insubordination to be mad at somebody you don't report to. Like, And Mike Rizzo certainly does not answer to Rob Manfred. So I don't know why. Yeah, that's a that's a poor choice of words. But the idea that MLB is like, well, we don't want anybody complaining and we don't want anybody talking about this when seven teams were impacted in some way, shape or form by their test not coming in and players are upset and don't know what's going on. That's something MLB has to answer for whether they want to or not. That's a that's a question that is going to hang over the possibility of there being baseball this season. And I'm sorry that you don't want to answer it. And I'm sorry that it's hard, but you have to answer that question. <laughs> I mean, this is all that anybody is talking about right now because this all is what's happening before baseball happens. So guess what? When this is it, when this is all that you got, people are going to talk about it. And especially the people that are directly affected by your decisions and and the decisions of the folks around you. Like this is, I mean, you're going to get that. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but that, I mean, you know, people are not happy about it and and they shouldn't be. This is not, you know... There could have been, I think, a little bit more done to make sure that these kinks didn't happen. I mean, I, I feel like like testers not showing up and things like that. I think that could have been avoided. And definitely, I'm sure he's not the only one that feels that way. <laughs> I'm sure there's a very long list of people that feel that way. So, you know, props to Mike Rizzo for going ahead and, and putting it out there because I'm sure like you know, in, in offices across the, the nation, he was getting a golf clap from all these other managers because I, I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, he, he's not wrong. <laughs> right. Well, and the players, at Chris Bryant has been really well-spoken on this and, you know, he's got a little baby to think about and a family. And so he's been really thoughtful about this, but I, I, I thought Chris Bryant and Mike Trout and the, uh, Sean Doolittle, the players who were expressing reservations 
about playing because of the safety and health of their family and how not having the testing that was promised to them be there and competent and ready was really making it tough to decide whether or not they were going to play. And the, and the part of Chris Bryant's quote that I thought was really the most telling was like, this is the easy part. The part where we're all in our fields and the only people we see are our own teammates and our own staffs. This is the easy part. You knew the 4th of July was coming. What happens when all of a sudden you have 30 teams that are on planes in buses, going back and forth, traveling, intermingling with other players. How are you going to handle that if you can't handle a holiday weekend the first week of, of summer camp? Yeah, I mean, my thoughts exactly. Like, I, I just feel like it, it it only gets harder from here. <laughs> you know, I mean, there it, there's going to be so many other situations now where folks are going to come in contact to way more than just their team. Um, whether it be travel or on the field or whatever else. But yeah, I mean, this seems like the easiest part of the beginning that you should be getting right. And then to to have all these guys be around and be traveling and be in other cities and not be able to sleep in their own beds and, and not be able to be around their families without, you know, being worried about exposing them. It just, to me, it, it's, yeah, I, the situation is very overwhelming. I can't imagine being a player trying to keep a family safe as well. Totally. And and one other, one last comment on testing delays, whether players opt out or not. We did have a few more players over the weekend join the list that we had last week um, to not be playing this year. That includes Wellington Castillo. Uh, it includes, I'm blanking. I had the name on the tip of my tongue, Felix Hernandez. <laughs> there it hey, is. Felix. I'm like, why can't I not think of this name? <laughs> <laughs> There are more players opting out and you have players who are saying they're just not sure. And I, I just want to be really clear that at least for me, that is a personal decision that a player has to make for themselves. And one of the things that I really worry about here is that some players can make that decision and some players can't. So there was a really interesting tweet over the week um, from Brock Holt, where he basically said, you know, I've got, a family at home and I'm worried about them, but I feel like if I opted out, that would be my last shot at a major league career. And I just think we need to remember all the guys out there who can't opt out, who like feel like they have to prove themselves and they have to play and are maybe not making a ton of money while they're doing this, you know, and I, you know, supportive of players who make a decision that they can't play this season, 100%. That is a personal decision, but remember there are a lot of players who can't afford to make that decision for whatever reason. So I don't know if you're interested in, in me reading this off, but I have the complete list of who's opted out. Oh, yes, date. please, because I did not pull it up before the show. Um, it's, it seems pretty small. I think this there might be more added to this, but I got Mike Leak from the Diamondbacks, Ryan Zimmerman from the Nationals, Joe Ross from the Nationals, Ian Desmond from the Rockies, Tyson Ross, he's, who's a free agent, Wellington Castillo from the Nationals, David Price from the Dodgers, Felix Hernandez from the Braves, Nick Markakis from the Braves and Hector Noisy from the Pirates. Oh, I didn't know the last one. Um, Nick Markakis was really interesting because he said that talking to Freddie Freeman, who has COVID-19 and is really struggling with it, was the deciding factor for him. <laughs> he was like, this sounds awful. <laughs> I don't want this in my family. 
Yeah, and there was a couple players that are sitting out. Juan Soto, Soto is one of them who came into contact um, with him. So there's, yeah, there's a couple players. And I would not be surprised if we hear more from the Nationals that end up sitting because of that. So we'll see. I think there will be quite a few players that have, you know, absences due to contact, incidental contact with players or with other people. I mean, also over the holiday, Brandel Reyes, who is a player for the Indians, um, attended a 4th of July party without a mask and the team found out about it. And Terry Francona was like, you're 14 days of quarantine. And he was just like, "You're it's not punishment. You just can't make decisions like that and then come hang around the team. And, and props to Tito for doing that. I think that that is exactly what needs to happen when players are seen in a group setting without a mask or doing something that would potentially uh, endanger their teammates. Oh, a hundred percent. And you can't be mad about that. Like, like I said earlier, you know, it's not like he's being mean. <laughs> he's no. just, he's looking out for the rest of the team and that's what you have to do at this point. Absolutely. Whew. Lots and lots going on there. We will be keeping an eye on it. And if anything changes with the testing regime, we will absolutely let you know. It does sound like to their credit, MLB and the MLB Players Association are working together to try to increase their lab capacity because it sounds like that one lab in Salt Lake City that does their PED testing is just not going to be able to handle holiday weekends. <laughs> and we have another one coming up. So, right, TikTok MLB. Right. Uh, speaking of Andy, are you okay? Because I saw that TikTok was down yesterday. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real honest with you. It was like a aww. But then at the same time, I was like, I have all this time on my hands now. Like, what do I do with this time? No, so in all seriousness. Like a super productive day. Seriously. I was going to say, in all seriousness, TikTok is such a time suck. Like, if you get started on it, you can spend no less than an hour just rabbit holing through that thing. So honestly, I have not been on it as much as I was at the start of quarantine. Um, just because, like I said, I mean, literally my husband and I can, you know, be in bed, like ready to go to bed at 1030 and then not end up going to bed until one o'clock in the morning, just watching videos. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with us? So yeah, I've not been on it as much recently. So the ban actually kind of made me feel a little bit better about it. Cause I was like, oh yeah, well, that's one less thing that I can't look at today. So <laughs> Uh, speaking of fancy schmancy technology, apparently the Cubs have signed a deal with a company called Weather Applied Metrics to study the weather uh, and its effect on baseball. And Andy, I'm going to let you talk about this one because, frankly, I had to look up what this company did before the show. Of course you're going to let me talk about this because I am the, the scientist of the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I only know just a couple things that I read about it and basically... It's just they're going to set up a couple weather stations within Wrigley. And this this company apparently is going to um, start to put together graphics for some of like the trajectory of the ball based on the weather, that sort of thing. Um, but it is making national news because the Chicago Cubs, of course, are pioneering this. Um, they did a test run, I believe, last year with the Red Sox. Um, I've not read anywhere else where they're um, continuing to work with this company. But this company is now going to be actually the contract was signed with marquee um and so i guess that means that they're doing the graphics especially for marquee which means i won't get to see them bummer um but the weather stations will be set up at wrigley and 
I don't know that it's necessarily going to be something that the Chicago Cubs, the team themselves have access to like in game type situations. I haven't found anything like that. I was trying to look that up quickly, but I, I don't see anything. Um, but they did, they did say that it is the contract is directly with Marquis. So I think at this point, the company is being more utilized for the graphics of um, the weather carrying or not carrying the ball in that in that aspect, because we know that Wrigley has um, the ability to do that on any given day. So I think it'll be really cool to see what they come up with and what um, how that looks for the viewers. So you guys let me know. OK, <laughs> I will keep an eye out for these fancy, fancy weather graphics. Uh, I, I agree that the players probably won't have access to that data in the game. There would be fairness issues there and other types of things. But I am curious what this looks like when we get baseball broadcast back, which, you know, leads me to the fact that I'm a little bummed that there haven't been more live broadcasts of some of the Cubs practice games and sim games. Mostly because I heard that the Yankees are doing that on Yes Network. And I'm like, wait, well, we have a network. <laughs> I want these games. I mean, it, it would be nice. Like, I know that they probably contractually can't. But, you know, we have like Jesse Rogers has been at game. Sahadev has been at games. Like, it'd be cool just to get some like live video, you know, even just for a minute. But I, I understand the whole deal. They probably contractually can't do that. And they obviously have a job to do. And that's not it. But it, it would just be, it'd be really neat to be able to see that. I mean, people are just drooling for baseball at this point. Like, just give us something for the love of God. <laughs> and in fairness to Marquis, they've given us some like cool shots after the fact. We're going to talk about some of them after the break. But it, yeah, I just, I've seen a little bit of griping on the Twitter about, you know, how come we can't watch practice games when Yankees fans can watch practice games? So I'm sure... <laughs> that the demand for more baseball is going to be never-ending on Marquee. Uh, we will be talking about some of the videos that Marquee Sports Network has been sharing after the break. But first, we need to take a quick break for some sponsors. Okay, we're back. So I'm going to start with my favorite video that has come out of summer camp so far. And it is none other than my favorite, Wilson Contreras, hitting a absolute monster home run to right center field off of Craig Kimbrell. It was great. <laughs> I mean, I, I watched it several times and the sound is yeah. what got me like the sound. Well, not only like the pumped in crowd noise, but like the sound of the bat hitting the ball. It just sounded so good. It was like, Oh, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Wilson. We appreciate that. Yeah, it was, it, it definitely, if you've not seen this video, you need to check it out because it was massive. And I believe it was a two run home run because Chris Bryant had hit a shot up the middle. Um, I believe a couple batters before him. So um, yeah, I mean, while super excited for Wilson and that kind of swing and making that kind of contact so early in summer camp, if you will, thank God we've come up with a name for it. <laughs> But also a little concerning is Craig Kimbrell giving up bombs already, you know? I yeah. mean, See, I'm less concerned about Craig Kimbrell giving up bombs because it's like, how many pitches is he throwing? 10, 15, like. Well, and, and maybe he should have thrown more. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I understand it's live baseball. I understand that. But, you know, and he probably didn't get a whole lot of that in quarantine. So, yes, we are we are adjusting. But I don't know. I just it, it's it's not a great look for somebody that is supposed to be your closer. So I just know that I've I've seen the the concept of patchwork bullpen come up. Yeah. And that's I mean, I get that. And that's probably how it's going to look this season. And especially since it's such a, a an oddly shaped season. But yeah, I mean, it's Wilson. He's very, he's extremely talented. He is who he is for a reason. He has an amazing bat. So, you know, you, you take it with a grain of salt in that aspect, but at the same time, Kimbrel is supposed to be, you know, and, and not like we've talked about millions of times, not as dominant as he was in like, say 2016 or 2014, whatever. Um, But still you, you, you would like to see some sort of, of dominance. It makes me happy for Wilson because he is our only Wilson, but at the same time, you're like, am I that worried? Because it's Craig Kimbrell and we have multiple closers, not a multiple Craig Kimbrells, but multiple people that can slide into that spot if we need them to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not worried about Kimbrell. I just mean that I'm not worried about Kimbrell because of this home run, if that makes sense. Like I, home runs are going to happen during practice at games and whatever, and it's fine. It doesn't mean much of anything. Uh, I don't think pitchers throw the same in a practice situation as they do in a game. I think that a lot of this is just working out the kinks and it was fun to see Wilson hit a home run no matter what. I do think that there is something to be said for Kimbrell is not the same guy that he was a few years ago. That doesn't mean he can't be an effective closer, but he's no longer like never going to give up hits closer. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And we've seen that. And, you know, my concern, and this is something that I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer guys, do not get me (laughs) wrong on this because trust me, I have found so many reasons to be excited about baseball, cautiously, realistically, optimistically. But the point of the matter is we have a 60 game season ahead of us. We cannot afford to lose very many games in late innings like we did last year. And that was a scary trend. That was a very scary trend. It happened quite a few times, if you remember. Um, eighth inning, ninth inning, giving up two, three runs and losing ball games. And we cannot do that in a shortened season. You can't do it in any season, obviously. We didn't make the playoffs last year. But you really can't afford to do it in a 60-game season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, the bullpen is going to have to be lights out. I actually really like the construction of the Cubs bullpen. They have a lot of guys who can throw really hard and a couple of crafty guys in there as well. So I think, I think it'll be good, but I agree with you. We got to not lose those safe situation types of games. I just am not particularly worried about it because of this one home run. Yeah. yeah, For sure. sure. (laughs) Yeah. I saw Twitter kind of melt down about the idea that Kimbrell had given up a home run. And I was like, guys, guys, this is going to be a real long 60 games. <laughs> we have to do this starting now. Right. Let's take a breather. Take a breather. <laughs> it's the um, first week. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And then I just read that too, that Kimbrell is trying to work on a changeup. And I'm just going to go ahead and say, let's not. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's save that for the off season. And let's just focus on what you got going. Cause I can only imagine what will happen to a changeup. Now, granted, if you're able to make it real nasty and it's real sick, okay. But if we're going to work on it, let's save it for actual game situations until 2021. Let's do that. (laughs) 
<laughs> Are you suggesting that Craig Kimbrell is not you Darvish and should not just randomly pick up new pitches every I don't think that you Darvish is human, period. Like <laughs> who just randomly adds pitches to their arsenal like on a whim? You know what I mean? Like that's just crazy. That is crazy. Uh, yes, Craig Kimbrell is not you Darvish. <laughs> Maybe they should become close friends. So last time Andy and I were chatting, we decided that we were definitely going to have cutouts in the Coliseum so that we could be at least represented in baseball this year. Other teams have decided they're doing the cardboard cutout thing, including our friends at Wrigley North in Milwaukee. The Brewers are charging $50 to be part of the cardboard crew or something. I don't know. I forget what they called it. Um, But my favorite response came from a Brewers fan who was just like, I don't pay $50 to go to a game all season. Because Brewers tickets are just not all expensive unless they're playing the Cubs. And even then. uh, And so so I have two questions for you, Andy. My first is, is $50 for a cardboard cutout, is that price too high? Um, To troll the Brewers? No. Absolutely not. So you see where I'm going with this, because my second question is, I feel like Cubs fans would gladly pay $50 to put a bunch of Cubs fans in Miller Park. (laughs) I'm still trying to get over the fact that a Brewers fan actually came out and said that. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, sorry, but come on, man. Really? (laughs) It's 2020, and... I mean, I've been paying $50 for tickets since I was in college, I believe. But keep in mind where I live and who I watch play all the time. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess they're used to getting free tickets with their Subway sandwiches in Milwaukee. I'll just say it that way. And free is free is definitely cheaper than $50. But in no way, shape, or form would I hesitate for even a split second to not buy a cardboard crew cutout at Miller Park with me donning a Chicago Cubs t-shirt and hat. Oh, no way. I'm jumping on that. I will be in all the parks in all of the nation, but I definitely will be in, I will definitely be in Miller Park. That's for sure. Oh, this is awesome. I can't wait to do this. <laughs> they they do reserve the right to not put your picture up if it violates like their terms or whatever. I can't, Uh-oh. I can't imagine though that look, I'm just going to throw out there that the blues are kind of similar and there are definitely ways that I think Cubs fans could do this if they were so inclined. And if, say- and if they don't pick your cardboard cutout, they're not going to charge you. So it's, you're not, it's like a no risk proposition. Oh, well, that's not too bad. I was going to say, we're talking about the same people that wouldn't sell tickets to anybody with an Illinois address. <laughs> so I'm definitely not going to put it past them for them to reject my big old cut t-shirt so we'll just say that I'm definitely going to make my best attempt but if it doesn't happen y'all know why well so the question is if the Brewers fans who would wear Brewers gear aren't going to pay $50 but a bunch (laughs) of Cubs fans send in Cubs fans will and and they're and they're faced with the choice of like we don't have enough cardboard cutouts or we put these Cubs fans in what would they do I mean, money is money, but we're also talking about Milwaukee. So, of course, they would turn it away because it came from a Chicago Cubs fan. 
Like, come on, seriously, money is money. You know, we keep the lights on at, at Miller most of the time. So let's, you know, let's not be silly here. Money is money. Do you want your job? Take my cardboard cutout. Uh, all right look for me and andy in wrigley north we're gonna see if we can get our cardboard cutouts there too uh we'll we'll keep you posted on our progress to getting our cardboard cutouts at wrigley north um speaking of people in the bleachers the cubs are not gonna do cardboard cutouts but let's be honest they probably cost like 500 dollars or something if the brewers are charging 50 dollars, i'm sure the cubs would charge like 10 times that for cardboard cutouts at wrigley uh, however, if you look at the bleachers closely yesterday, you might have seen Anthony Rizzo. And I love this so much. So Anthony Rizzo sat out practice because, you know, he's dealt with some back issues in the past and they were flaring a little bit. So they didn't want to aggravate it early, but he's just sitting out in the bleachers with his bat and his batting gloves, <laughs> like cheering on practice. It's so great. Okay, so first of all, my first thought was like, there, there's no way that's Anthony Rizzo. He is way too skinny to be Anthony Rizzo. And then he stands up in one of the pictures that I saw, and holy moly, he is so small. <laughs> like, where did the rest of him go, and what is he doing? Because I've easily gained 15 pounds over quarantine, and apparently I took Anthony Rizzo's weight because <laughs> like, he looks fantastic. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Does this mean he's going to be faster? Because if so, we should think about him at leadoff again. Um, just, uh, that was a total, that I'm totally joking. That's not, true. I know, I know. <laughs> um, no, but I, I do love this. This is so great. And, um, another picture I saw was him sitting up against the wall out in left field, kind of heckling Schwarber. And I'm like, can you even imagine the conversation that's happening out there? Like that is, that is fantastic. And <laughs> I'm sorry, but just seeing him all by himself up in the bleachers, I was like, oh, I want to sit by him. Like there should be like hundreds and thousands of people gathered around him right now but yeah it, it that was really cool because I mean Anthony Rizzo you know biggest Cubs fan ever it just just very cool yeah so loving Rizzo the bleacher bum uh and the captain and I, I don't know why he needed his bat out in the bleachers but I thought it was outstanding speaking of watching games at Wrigley Field though one place that you will be able to watch baseball this season is the Wrigley rooftops the city and the Chicago Cubs announced that they had come to a deal to have the rooftops at 25% capacity and tickets went on sale this week. Depending on the weekend, it looks like those tickets are $250 to $350 a person. Two questions, Andy. One, is the price point fair? It's about what I expected it to be, honestly. Um I could even see, depending on where we're at later in this season, if they don't open up any of the stadiums at that point, I could even see them being more, depending on where the Cubs fall in the in the um, standings. I honestly, I don't think that's, I don't think it's unreasonable to ask that much. I think it, personally, I would like it to be lower, but I think that's that you will have people pay that, and you will have a lot of people pay that. Who twenty five percent capacity? I think it'll be full up to that point. Um, Fair, I mean, it, that's definitely relative because you're talking about the Chicago Cubs who sell out every game. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's if that's your only option to see live baseball, like I said, I, I probably won't go to three or four games like I typically do. If I can, I might go to one 
Um, if I'm, if I'm buying on, you know, the, the third party market, I probably not because they're going to be even more than that. Um, yeah, but I think, I think you'll see that a lot of people have no problem paying that price. So you actually like alluded to my second question, which is, and I am super torn on this. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Would you go? Because for me, attending a game at this point, I mean, even on the rooftops, even at 25% capacity, just being around people I don't know in a limited space makes me so nervous. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure that I could justify going. And and frankly, like the rooftops are still on my bucket list. I haven't ever seen a game from the rooftops and I want to. I'm just not sure I can do it during a pandemic. So are you, so you're saying you would go? I would. Yes. I probably would go to one game strictly because of the price point. I don't think I would go to multiple games depending of course, but I've never done the rooftop either. That's a bucket list item for me as well. I have zero problem wearing a mask because I have plenty of Cubs masks to choose from. (laughs) Um, Yeah. There's a little bit of anxiety there, but I think, the overwhelming feeling would be I get to see baseball. And I know that's probably very naive and childish of me to say it that way. But even if I get that joy for a couple hours, if I'm taking the right precautions, I'm never going to be able to control the people around me. I can only control what I do. So if I'm taking the proper precautions and I'm doing what I feel is safe, and wearing a mask and trying to keep as distance as I can, because I'm assuming that the 25% capacity is playing into the whole social distancing thing on the rooftop. Um, then I, I, th- I would be fine with it. I would be fine with it. And um, anybody that I would attend these games with a would either be so has either been so safe that they would, you know, also agree that, whatever precautions I'm taking, they'd be fine with and they'd attend the game with me. Or it would be like my husband who, you know, I've been with the entire time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there is a lot of, a lot of checkpoints for that to, to feel okay. But I think if you're doing the 25% capacity and like myself, I would wear a mask, then I, I would be fine with it. I would be, you know, like I said, it, it would be a little bit of an anxiety issue to begin with, but I think once there and seeing how it's set up and seeing that it would be okay in my mind, then I think I'd be okay and, and be free to enjoy the game. See, I, part of the reason I'm torn on this is because one, it's the same reason that I haven't even gone out to like have a beer on a patio, even though they're open at lower capacity and all that jazz. I I think I get nervous that like other people, well, not just other people, like, you know, when you're out there and you're drinking and you're having a good time, your inhibitions are down a little bit. You're probably not being as careful about six feet. You're probably not being as careful about like having your mask up all the time because you have to take it off to eat or to drink or whatever. And so, and so the thing that worries me about this is not that you can't open the rooftops at 25% capacity and have people socially distant. I think you can do that. I guess I'm just concerned that people will not, you know, they'll get, they'll drink a couple of beers and then they won't be social distancing very well anymore. I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. I'm, I'm on the fence. That's definitely, that's definitely a valid concern. Um, 
And, you know, obviously, if you go to a game, you want to be able to consume alcohol. How I would do that with a mask on would be very interesting. I guess I would have to <laughs> bring a metal straw. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely a valid concern and one that I guess you kind of have to stay, you know, aware of while you're in the moment, even though that's, you know, probably not something that is comes natural to very many people's thought process when you're at a baseball game, but Nora is wearing a mask. So, you know, you have the reminders there, I guess. Um, that would be definitely something that would be hard for me because I am, you know, I'm a hugger just like you. I love to hug everyone. <laughs> and I love to, you know, when I'm with my group of people be near them, you know? So it, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some concerns there and there's definitely, you know, the ability to, to lose focus on, on how safe you should be in that situation. But I mean, you know, I don't know. I hate saying it that way because it seems very selfish and, and very naive, but you would get to watch baseball. <laughs> and I just can't, I can't get past that, I guess. <laughs> no, I hear that. I, like I said, I'm, I'm super torn because there's nothing I want to see in the world more than baseball. And I think it would be really, I don't know. Part of me is like, that would be an experience to be like, I went to a rooftop game during this crazy time and I saw pandemic baseball like that. Seems like it would be an experience in and of itself, but I just, I am so hung up on the safety of the whole thing. I, I, you know, one of the most telling, weirdest, noticeable, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, parts of this whole pandemic thing is just how heightened everybody's anxiety and like sense of perception is and we talked about this a little bit last week you know it just seems like everybody's kind of on tilt um because we've all been in this super highly anxious state for like months now and so I just can't I can't commit that I would be okay with it I, I'm still mulling it over in my mind but I will say this if Andy comes up for a rooftop game. And if I get over whatever anxiety I'm feeling about the idea of being around people, period, and we go to a rooftop game, you will absolutely hear about it here on Cup of Cubby Blue first. You can find that and all of our other Cubs news updates and banter on our Twitter account at Cup of Cubby Blue. You can find me at, at BCB Sarah and Andy at, at BRYZ underscore blue. We will be back next week with all the Cubs news updates and banter and keeping an eye on testing delays, all things COVID-19, and when, whether or not there will be baseball in 2020. Till then, bye.